man. Monster nom nom. <laughs> Flawless impression of Sylvester Stallone. Thank you, thank you. I just had to mm. put my lip as far away from my face as possible. <laughs> what, does, what does that even mean? Yeah, his, his lip, his lip is always slanted to the right, and he's like, don't um, worry about it, like that. Syl- Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I, I guess his lip is slightly odd. It's, um... Yeah, it's exaggerated, Lois, <laughs> it's exaggerated. He has very long eyebrows. Um... Okay, now that we've got got that out of the way, um, what, what's going on today, Dan? What's what's happening? Yeah, well, we're back, and it's uh, it's the eighty sixth episode of uh, Shouting into the Void, trademark dot gov, and uh, um, we're gonna uh, number one, we have not trademarked it, and number two, we are not affiliated with the British government or any government actually. We are uh, affiliated with the independent zone of Rojava in northern Syria. What? Um, no, we're not. What the fuck is that? It's a, it's a, it's a, well, it's a libertarian socialist sort of commune. In, I see. And in, 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 they're not as bad as they sound. I'm, they um, do sound very bad. <laughs> what the, how, you're not selling me. How are they bad? They say, like, you should look, you, uh, uh, like, obviously, they've, you know, like, in terms of, like, political experiments, they're actually quite good. Um, oh, sorry, hang on. <laughs> sorry. Your way of introducing me to this group of people is you, is, you sort of, you, I, I'd like to state for the record that I have no idea who this group of people is. You might be making yeah, this up. It's, it's, this might be from a comic book for all I'm I not, know. I'm not. It's like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Frank um, sells his uh, weird cola to Boko Haram and like, tries to like, <laughs> become like, their press manager. <laughs> I'm gonna, not going to lie, Dad. You're not, you're, not, you're not endearing me to yeah, this but random not, group of people. Yeah, they're not Boko Haram. They're like sort of... Like, like, it's like anarchism. So it's sort of right. le- left-wing uh, libertarianism is what they believe in. They're like a direct democracy. Okay, and have they done any horrific things in their country? I don't know. I just know oh, that. Oh, okay. So um, that's, we're not affiliated with them, okay? It was a joke. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to Google them after the episode. Then yeah. I'll discover some horrific war crimes they've then done. And I'll be like, oh, fuck! Yeah, then we're going to get this episode banned, but... <laughs> You know, they're not like the government of Corto Maltese. Way, Whoa, he bought it round. Way. Um, but before we talk about any of that, we have some bullshit to get to, don't we? We do, we do. Shall I spin the wheel? Yeah, do it. Way. Still spinning, Lewis. I know Discord doesn't like you to hear it. Here it is, it no, stopped. It doesn't. Uh, Love Island. One week on from the. F- That's. Yeah, that's been happening, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, and it finished last week. Um, I was watching it uh, with with my partner, and it was a mm-hmm. fucking shit show. I tell you that. Um, oh, why was it a shit show? What what happened? Well, what do was you there, know? Was there slapping of any kind? Well, what did somebody you... throw a drink in somebody else's face? No. Uh, oh, what... well, then what's the fucking point? What What do you know about Love Island, Lewis? Um. I am aware that the premise of the show is that a bunch of strangers go to a house, yeah, and then they stay there and they all have sex with each other. Um, they they don't really have. I mean, they do like in the later episodes <laughs> when like they've like you know they're together for mm. you know a while, which in their case I, is like I... two days. Because um, <laughs> I always presumed it was like. Because I never watched Big Brother, but it was something that my parents watched when I was a kid. So sometimes I'd like catch it when I was sat in the living room reading a book or something, and I always presumed it was 
essentially the romance slash sex bits of Big Brother, but distilled into a show. I presumed it was essentially that because I've 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 watched because one year I did um a, a a an advert for Uber Eats that was sort of attached to Love Island. That's right. I don't, I've forgotten what the name is for that type of advert, but I did that and um Uber Eats sponsors, please. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and um so I watched. No, I'm asking about... them. I'm asking what? them to sponsor us. Oh right, okay, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I watched enough of an episode until I saw the ad spot that I was in, and then I turned it off. So I've seen forty minutes of one episode, um, <laughs> and I know very little else. Yeah, okay. So um, like you're saying, strangers go into this island, which isn't an island; it's in fucking. Oh, it's an, actually an archipelago. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's yeah, I think it's on a very big mainland. I think it might be Mallorca. I don't, oh, okay. I don't. Is that an island? Mallorca isn't an island, is it? Mallorca isn't. isn't there's, there's those Spanish is, islands off the coast of Africa. Mallorca is it one of them? Island in Spain. Yeah, uh, Mallorca is an island. Where? Off is the coast of Love Island filmed in the Mediterranean Sea. Well, the Mallorca Barrier is sea. okay. Fine, it's an island. Fuck's sake. Um, that's. That's my biggest hitch gone out the window. Uh, but, but yeah, so it's um <clears throat> very uh, conventionally attractive strangers go into this island and mm-hmm. uh, they, they partner up and there's like recouplings and stuff and you learn about them and they y- the whole point of the show is to see who will fall in love and who will win the £50,000 at the end of the show. Um, now, the reason I watch it is because... I like seeing fake people become even faker in the service of fakeness, okay? Okay. Um, so the first hitch I have is the £50,000 at the end of the show. £50,000 is a lot of money. To, mm. to It's certainly a lot of money to me. I'd mm, imagine it'd be too. a lot to of money to... most people, really. Yeah, most people would see that as, yeah, fucking hell, 50k. But the problem is, to get on to Love Island... You already have to be semi-rich and semi-popular through the Instagram influencing. So right away, these people aren't really, you know, ordinary people. You know, they're not just your average person going in to find love. Because that would be boring as shit for some reason. Um, And, yeah, so it's, it's... You know that it's bullshit when you're watching it. But sometimes... Sometimes, the people that go in are that fake and that false that the audience will then say, "Wow, how fake are they?" You know, it's like without, it's like I'm trying, I'm trying to think of it. It's like seeing a sort of pack of murderers, and that <laughs> one murderer's look more savage than the others. They're all murderers, but that guy like wore like a Norman Bates outfit when he was doing it. You know, like, right. like that sort of way. Um. Yeah, and there's this bloke called Jake. Jake, I can't remember his second name. Um, but he, he was in it. And uh, he essentially um, faked his way nearly to the finish and told this girl that um, he loved her when, when he didn't. <gasps> and uh, yeah, oh, it, was very, it was very dramatic. And all it did for me was make me realise, wow, there have been multiple times where 
other people have done that and got away with it and everyone's acting as if it's like <laughs> this one hitch in an otherwise incredibly natural and organic way of, of people coming together. Um, there was a woman called Faye who was okay. emotionally abusive to her partner. Um, Fucking hell. Was, While they were in the villa or, or oh, historically? Yeah. Yeah, um, she she was uh, given the 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 moniker of yeah she she just flies off the handle sometimes, and w- was essentially like screaming at her partner for um, I can't even remember what he did. It was that long ago. I think it was like um, the, okay. So halfway through Love Island, right when they've eliminated off like three or four people. They have this thing called Casa Amor. Okay. Where all the... I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. Casa Amor sounds like a brothel. It, sh- it basically is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so all the all the guys um, are sort of taken out of the villa without the girls knowing. And are put... <laughs> What, in the middle of the night? Well, they're all... <laughs> Breaking in the middle of the night. <laughs> Took yeah. a bag over their head and the take Love them Island, out the door. What? The Love Island death squads come in. And, and <laughs> no, no. Um, so they all get texts saying, yeah, you're all going to Casa Amor, pack your bags while the girls are away doing something, right? And uh, they go to this secondary villa. <laughs> right. Where like, six new girls who are complete strangers come in. And it's essentially the, the six girls' job to essentially steal... The guy who they're with from the girls at, at the original villa and then six new completely different guys come in and they try and steal the girl that it's so, so it's like you know you've been with this guy for ages let's send in a complete stranger to test you right and um basically this all, is so cruel yeah so, so basically all the girls were completely faithful to their partners right Mm. And about three or four of the guys like just yeah fucked it and came back with like a completely different person, and <laughs> you know so it wasn't it wasn't a very good advert for being a, a a straight guy in 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 this show because the guys that they seem to pick are just fucking arseholes you know and it's it's yeah so it's 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 very um like you're saying it's very cruel um and I just. I liken it to a smoking addiction, this show, you know, because you watch it once, and then you're like, oh, I'll watch it again, and then you watch it again, and you watch it again, and you watch it again, and by the time you get to the end of the show, two people that you know virtually nothing about, but you think you do, because you've seen them for two days together, are competing over a 50 grand prize and you know that show uh you know that show where you can steal or share the money yeah yeah well that's essentially what what happens at the end of the show no yeah even after all that you have oh my god after all that you have to let sort of so has this person been a big fucking liar the entire time or will you share the money and keep it together or will one of you steal it and the other goes home with nothing? Or will you both steal and no one goes home with anything? And fortunately this year, uh, you know, the guy uh, didn't steal and they shared it and it's all love and all that. Um, I see. But, 
you know, the the ratio seems to be that they they break up within two weeks of like of, of the show ending. Over. Mm. Yeah, so, I, I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah, so it's it's just this weird sort of this weird sort of coming together of incredibly vapid and shallow people, and then putting them to the test with other vapid and shallow people and a vapid and shallow couple come out on top and share 50k that essentially they don't need and um, break up anyway because, you know, why the fuck not, you know? Um, so really the entire exercise is, is kind of pointless and it brings me back to my point about like, political experiments. It would... It's like... If this was a political experiment, then it would there wouldn't be another season of it, if you know what I mean. Like right. If 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 Love Island was like a way a country was set up, it would have collapsed <laughs> and we would have tried something else. But because it's a TV show, they keep mm. bringing it back every single year. And I would also like to add that multiple people have died because of this show. Yes. I'm Car- aware of this as well, yeah. Caroline Flack, who was the host, um, sadly committed suicide. Um, another islander committed suicide, and I, I, I think, I'm sure that there was another person. Um, and I would also like to add the Jeremy Kyle show, which was a fucking horrible, yeah. disgusting show with a horrible, disgusting host who would apparently lose his shit and um, treat his staff like bollocks have these weird mm. and bewildered people who clearly have a lot of issues to deal with bring them on humiliate them and then send them home with the apparent sort of the the, the fake sort of yeah we've solved it when it really hasn't been solved and someone killed themselves because of that show and it was cancelled immediately mm, mm. but for some reason this show is allowed to continue which I'm, I'm it's almost as though it's not about morals and it's actually about making shed loads of cash. Yeah. It's almost as though that's the entire way that TV... W- oh, that isn't that insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's 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 the most heterosexual show you will ever set your eyes <laughs> upon. You know, right. I, think, I think in the past there have been um, a couple of lesbian couples in the show. But okay. there has never been um, a gay couple in the show, ever, mm. because, you know, I, I, I don't know how the ratings would do, I guess. I, I have no idea. But it's Yeah, just... well, I, I think I, uh, I remember seeing an article that said something like, um, we can't, I, I think it was a quote from like a producer or something that said, we can't add LGBT plus um, sort of contestants to Love Island because they would present logistical difficulties, I think was the thing he said. And I remember thinking at what? the time... What? <laughs> what does that possibly mean? What does that even like, mean? I have no idea. Um, but it made me smile. It's like, are you straight, or are you an, or are you a logistical difficulty? It just, I don't know. It made me chuckle at the time. Why? I'm going to ask. Why are there no gay couples in Love Island? Are you asking me? No, I'm. I'm on Google. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to double check because I would have to turn around and say, "Got no fucking clue, sunshine." Because fuck- you'd think it'd spice things up, wouldn't you? Fuck me, you're right. You're actually. That's what he actually said. Logistical yeah. difficulty. Mm, and Darius has just pointed out disabled contestants are very rare as well. Yeah, that's I imagine true. so. 
that's true. I mean, they tried to say. Um, I think there was a there was a, a contestant this year with a with a, a disability. Mm-hmm. Um. I just, wait. I'm reading this. The reality show seems straight couples partner up is returning. Uh. The lineup, logistical difficult. What does that even mean? <laughs> terms of gay Danny, we all know that getting bisexual people on a plane to Mallorca is physically impossible. Clearly, that is the logistical difficulty. I... I just... I... <clears throat> yeah, this show's garbage and it needs to be fucking cancelled. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right! <laughs> oh, God. It's, um... It's I mean, certainly something, isn't it? I say that, but I'll be watching it next year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Um, I think... A moral good would come about if this show was um, sort of put off the air. You know, it seems to be very sort of. It's. it's I get the feeling that the people that they bring into the show are like, yeah, this is. Yeah, we are better than most people. And God forbid we had yeah. normal looking people with normal looking bodies on the show. I mean, rather mm. than like this really weird hyper idealized version of 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 beauty and mm, you know mm. apart- yeah no because of fucking logistics there isn't room <laughs> for real people with real fucking <laughs> emotional needs that are just you know it's like i don't i don't i don't get it mm. the other thing I, I always think about I, I i do think about this logistical difficulties bollocks is um surely it would um i remember this is tangentially related but I'll, I'll bring it back around just stick with me um, for a very long time you know rupaul's drag race yeah for a very long time they didn't have any um contestants on the show that were either assigned female at birth um and and went on to become drag queens or were trans women and went on to become drag queens or, or trans men and went on to become drag queens yeah they they simply just didn't and and rupaul always was like well it's just you know it's just it is what it is you know it's sort of i think I remember actually now that I've said that out loud I think he might have made some fairly horrible comments which I can't remember well enough to quote but yeah it was always a thing that was sort of a, a black mark on on the, on the sort of reputation of the show which was so so brilliantly diverse in a lot of ways it's like well can't you do a bit better can't you do can't you yeah. just go that extra couple of yards and they just never did no but um oh, I've forgotten where I was going with this <laughs> no I mean it's it's See when, pe- see when people say, yeah, we don't really have sort of trans men on the show, it mm. it, it just says to me... Well, I remember now. You, mu- you, mustn't, you mustn't think that trans men are men then. Mm. You know, that's, mm. the, that's the sort of weird feeling I get. It's like, well, why are you othering men? It's Precisely. Like, it's just yeah. men that you want on the show. Why are you making it about being yeah, trans no, or not, you right. know? Mm. But uh, what I'm trying to get round to now in the end is um, I remember seeing this, um, I think it was a YouTuber um, who sort of does not commentary on Drag Race. That implies he watches it and talks along at the same time. But he was sort of, he was uh, talking about Drag Race and he spoke and he mentioned, um, personally, I think it'd be a good thing to have trans contestants on Drag Race. Because not only is it obviously the extra representation, but it also allows you to see more interesting interpersonal sort of, conflicts and developments because you're having more interesting and more sort of 
what's the word? You're having just uh, in terms of sheer number, there will be more variables in the people that are in the room. Yeah. So even from a TV production standpoint, that's just a good thing. Yeah. Because if you have um, a Love Island house and a Love Island house 2.0. Casa Amor, if you fill these houses with people of varying sexualities, varying everything, then that's just good from a TV point of view, because it will, there's no doubt, it will result in more surprising television, which is what people watch reality TV for, is the surprise, yeah. is the suspense, is the, oh my god, would he actually say that out loud, oh my god, yeah. you know what I mean, that's what people watch it for. I mean, so, I... There does see what seem, I'm getting at. <laughs> I, I do, and I, and I completely agree with you, but I do think that there's a really sort of um, fundamental sort of heteronormative strain amongst reality television. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. Whether it's TOWIE or Made in Chelsea or Love Island or stuff like mm. that. I don't know. I don't know exactly who it's tailored to, but see if it's tailored to young people, like that's the sort of big figures, then you could definitely... Like, I'm just thinking like from their sort of profit greedy soulless minds now. Um then you could definitely market it in that sort of way, but if it's like middle aged people that watch it, I guess there's gonna be less of a sort of tolerance. Yeah. To yeah. and that's that's probably why it hasn't happened. Mm, mm. Which it's is like that horrible thing that um Moffat said about casting a female doctor. Um it's not just for your sort of left wing liberals, it's also for your Daily Mail readers. Yeah. Like, oh, well, thanks, Stephen Moffat. Yeah, it's um, Age Bomber guy said, Well, thank you for uh, admitting that there's a correlation between not liking a woman as the doctor and a Daily Mail reader. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, Darius has just made a good point. I hate heteronormativity, such an old fashioned thing. It is an old fashioned thing. It really is. Um, because, I mean, well. Well, not really. I'm, I'm about That's to, no, it's thing. not. I'm about to get up on on my high horse. I was just about to get onto the rant that I think you were about to get to. Um, it's not an old-fashioned thing. In ancient Rome and ancient Greece, and people didn't really give a shit about sexuality. There yeah. was there was like in ancient Rome. Um, I think ancient Rome. I might have. I always conflate the two because I'm a forgetful idiot. But it's. Um, I remember thinking there's something like um, there were even sort of uh, common parlance terms for things like being a top or a bottom and things like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for now? Um, people would just thought, "Oh, this is a, a beautiful person, regardless of their of their gender, their, yeah. their sexual orientation. This is a beautiful person that I want to be with." Yeah. Um, like there was this fascination with the human form and all its sort of complexity and everything. Absolutely. And so, being not necessarily bisexual in a in a in a modern sense, but in a more of a, I just don't really care about the gender of the person I'm having sex with. That yeah. was sort of a a, a more sort of ancient point of view of it all and um the same went for ancient romans who were by and large i think i think that was covered in the episode of doctor who you were in they briefly mentioned um something about yeah most ancient romans are bisexual yeah yeah um, and, and, <laughs> and bill was seen as weird because she only likes women mm, and they mm. were like oh okay i mean sure if that's your thing um yeah yeah and it's sort of um but then it's it's sort of with the rise of sort of bizarre sexual um stress that's the only sort of term i can think about it of sort of uh focusing in with like a laser on sort of um like puritanical lifestyles and you must uh, forego i blame catholicism so do i it's a very catholic (laughs) very sort of um like those people from blackadder 
uh, where he comes around and they do like just raw turnip for dinner. I've yeah. completely forgotten what what religion they're supposed to be. It's a puritanical sort of Catholic, Catholic sort of nonsense. Yeah. Of like, no, we have to just laser focus on the things that make us happy and, and remove them to, uh, to cleanse ourselves of the original sin and all that utter bollocks. Can I also say as well, in Rome, you were either a Roman or a barbarian and they gave as much of a shit about race as they did about like, eye colour. Like, you were either just a Roman citizen or you were like a barbarian like, outside of Rome, which is a horrible sort of distinction to make, but like, once like, Rome had like sort of... When you're in, you're Taking in. Taking a country, it mm. wasn't, well, there's white Romans and then there's black. It's like, no, it's just you're Roman. And that's yeah. like, I, yeah. I sort of think, like, it's sort of like, this sort of weird sort of racist theory came along as well, like from from sort of, you know, Western philosophers. And I think that sort of also accompanied the rise of the Catholic Church. You know, it was like, but it's... Like you're saying, these these things like traditional family values are all sort of attributed as this ancient sort of thing that has always yeah. been and always Which will is, um, be. What's the like, word? A naturalistic fallacy. Yeah, yeah I mean, like the nuclear family, for instance, is so young; it's like a couple mm. of hundred years old. Like the idea that the idea that children in the Middle Ages were like raised by a, like two parents is ridiculous. What's mm. what's that old adage? It takes a village. To raise a to raise child, because mm. it literally was. You would get up, you would go and like you would help the baker, or you would go to the blacksmith. Like, it, it wasn't. Yes, now you will go to school, and then you will come home, and you will tell mum and dad about your day. Like it's like that mm. just wasn't mm. how it was done. Most children were like street urchins and shit like that. You know, unless mm. you were like in a palace, that's where you would get that. And even then, you'd be raised by servants anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, you're completely right. It's one of my favourite things about history is that people have always been people. People have always been yeah. sort of getting up and then just doing stuff for 12 hours and then collapsing. People have always done that, regardless of your, your sort of, whether you were born royal, born a peasant, people have always just been doing stuff. That's, that's what life yeah. is. And I think it's, to pretend that there's any kind of order to it is foolish in, in the highest degree. Yeah, I mean, Love I, I think Love Island is the equivalent of going to work. You know the zoo. It's like <laughs> right. They should get. They should, I've I've always said this. They should get David Attenborough to narrate Love Island because it, it <laughs> it's like human beings being brought down to their like basest instincts, mm. and and just sort of caring about who they mate with. It's like it's a and it's just. I think it's just a bit it's just fucked. A, yeah, fucked. <laughs> the, the morals of the show, the sort of aesthetics of the show, the fact that three people have been claimed by the show and the sort of whirlwind of of toxicity that comes with it. I just think, you know, if, if morality is to be taken seriously, I think Love Island should probably pack its bags. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't U- agree more. And Uber Eats should sponsor someone else. Like us. Um, yeah, such as us. Yeah. But um, I think I think that's all I've got to say on that. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff is just stuff. Just... Do what makes you happy. Stuff. Um, that's the. Do what makes you happy. Stuff is just stuff. People are just. Everybody is just some person. Yeah. Like it's yeah. One partner, is really a human thing by society. Yeah, true. Like uh, monogamy isn't like even. We can't even like take that for granted as being like a sort of, incredibly um, traditional thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like his everyone was fucking everyone, you know. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, thanks for watching, folks, and we will see you next time. Indeed, we will. Thank you and good night. Episode eighty-six. Uh, the Suicide Squad, not not uh-huh. the the, not to be confused the, with the Suicide Squad. Suicide yes. Squad in twenty sixteen. This is the <laughs> Suicide Squad. It is yes, and it's starring uh, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joe Kinman, Viola Davis, Michael Rooker, and there's some other people as well. Yeah, there are other people there. Peter Capaldi's around in it. doing stuff. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so do you have an opening statement, Lewis? I have two. Uh, oh. So prepare your body for this, because it will disintegrate you I'm just pre- through the sheer majesty of my words. I'm prepared. Um, fuck, I don't care about this movie. That was my first note that I wrote down in my notes, and I thought it deserved to be my opening statement, because it's it was quite apt about how I felt going into this movie. Wow. Um, because I, I remembered 2016 Suicide Squad, and I thought, God, that was shit. And I thought, a lot of these DC films have been shit. Um, and so yes. therefore, I don't really care about this one. If it's good, if it's bad, I don't give a shit. Turns out it's actually quite good. <laughs> um, is... my other my other opening statement is this is Katana. Her sword <laughs> traps the souls of its victims. <laughs> and advise not getting killed by her. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> the best line in cinema history. I really like how they sort of made a joke about that when it was like. This is uh uh, what oh, what's Cedric Elba's character's name? Blood. Bloodsport. This is Bloodsport. He's an orphan, and <laughs> he is, his father died when he was very young, and he became assassin ever since. And his hands are registered as deadly weapons. This is Peacemaker. He's an assassin. His yeah, hands yeah. are registered as deadly. <laughs> um, yes, I really like that. Um. A fun, well-paced, gory, absurdist film that really seems to get what the original film should have been. Snarky, irreverent, and rebellious. Really enjoyed this one, folks. See you next time, bitches. (laughs) And that's the end of the podcast. Have we got some uh, shilling today? Yeah. Um, No, Um, it's it's a good film. I liked that they wore Crocs in this film. We're going in with the hitting hard on the important aspect of the story, yeah, which yeah. is the fact that there were Crocs in this film. Crocs, which are the ultimate type of shoe. I'm a big fan of Crocs in any form they might take. Big fan. Big fan. Big fanny. Um, but what? <laughs> uh, not you. Oh, Crocs as a concept. Yeah, just cro- the guy who made Crocs. Mister Croc. Mister Croc. Croc as shit. Um. <laughs> Come on, come on, I, I deserve a round of applause for that, fucking hell. You ready? Here's your round of applause. Go on. Whoa! There you Whoa. go. Listen to the people scream. Um, creepy room questions. The introduction of characters are so much fucking better than... Oh, it's a damn sight better than, Jesus yeah, literally Christ. having words rolling down the screen. Oi. Har- Harley Quinn is a doctor... And she she's crazy now, um. Okay, and <laughs> I I like I like the idea of hmm, characters like reacting to each other and actually engaging in conversation that doesn't mm, feel mm. forced and rushed, because mm. you know Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a superpower. What? I d- you know, like you've got Pete Davidson going, "Oh shit, is this thing a weasel?" What the fuck? 
like that like that's that's yeah, good yeah. that's smart that's like because i still don't know what it is but it's like you know <laughs> it, it gets you sort of endeared to um he's, he's harmless i mean he, he's killed 27 children but um Mm-mm. i did enjoy that um yeah i enjoyed the sort of organic feel of all the dialogue which is obviously always a lovely thing um i also enjoyed sebastian the rat i loved sebastian yeah. the rat. he was great he was the, great. the waving and the drinking and oh i love sebastian the rat Very i'm a sucker so. for any kind of cute character I'm, I'm there for it yeah definitely um the way that they sort of uh used the characters on on the plane in the first shot is like a distraction was really yes, smart yeah. i thought a distraction it, for the audience as well really yeah because i was like jesus where's idris elba and john cena and all that and then mm. it was like haha distraction which makes sense because it's almost like it's almost like because Captain Boomerang, who was in the original, was killed, and it's almost as if to say, yeah, we're not doing it the same way anymore. Mm, mm. We're not doing it the way that didn't work. I've like, we've got a better way of doing it because you know the the way we were introduced to a lot of characters in the original was on one of those plane helicopter things, and that and I think it was. It might have been the exact one, just with red lighting. It was that sort of, which, you know, hints to them being killed, which is quite smart as well. Um, mm. But yeah, it's very clever so, to sort of get that way of, of, of doing things out of the way. And it's like, no, we're going to mm. do it a bit better now. Mm. Um, um, I also liked that um, the, a lot of the characters are sort of missing, presumed dead. The um, yeah. I, sorry, that's a, a very strange way to put it. But the thing I'm trying to get at is, I like that, in like in the original, they said, "What if Superman comes back and turns out he's actually really evil now? Who's going to stop him?" Um, yeah. And then they said, "Well, Will Smith and his mates, they're going to stop. They're going to stop Superman." And went, um, are they really? Is that what? <laughs> but I like that instead of that, it's um, because in this world, logically, if Superman, Batman, the Flash, they're all out there. Um, you know, kicking kicking ass, and they're putting uh, supervillains in jail. There's going to be a big surplus of supervillains in jail. Yeah. So that you're going to have to do something with them, right? You can't just put them in a put them in a box for fifty years. Yeah. So it makes sense that there's this sort of clandestine underground way to sort of essentially it's a gross way to say it, but to use up the supervillains. Yeah. And definitely. to sort of make them pay back their debt almost. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um. I love the fact that just essentially the message of the film is it's all America's fault. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think they fell a bit flat on it a little bit because they didn't they didn't take it to where I would have liked them to. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Peter Capaldi makes it clear that, yeah, it's not this, you know, foreign government uh, that's responsible for this. It's actually your government. Because mm. it was them that you know used Nazi scientists. Why is it always Nazi scientists? I think because it was in real life, and people don't like coming up with new ideas. That's how they got the rockets to work in World War Two. The, the Allies couldn't figure it out, so they got some Nazi scientists to do it for them. Like you, you think? Like, I mean, the Nazis like, were utterly destroyed. Like, I mean, like, were they that good scientists? Really? Like, and, no and they have the, they have the ability to sort of, you know enhance this weird alien thing. And, you know, it's just, it's always fucking Nazi scientists. Always. It's like, it's just weird. <laughs> um, but. 
Um, I I like that the villain is an undeniable cunt. I I, I quite <laughs> like that Peter Capaldi in this, his character, Doctor Bizarro, or what's his fucking name, the Thinker, the is is an yeah. undeniable cunt. Yeah. There's there's no redeeming qualities to him, because I'm gonna say it, Dan. I've had a fuck enough of grey villains. I've had enough of a really? villain being like, oh, I'm doing things. Oh, but actually, maybe I was good all along. Because, well, that's okay, not well, grey. Well, exactly, yeah. But that, that's, that's the villain I've, I've had a problem with, is, is the sort of Severus Snape grey villain. I'm doing inverted commas. Grey villain. The idea of, oh, I've been doing terrible things, but was it for a good reason? Oh, I don't know. Oh. And Because grey villains are great. But that means that people that can't write grey villains like to try and write grey villains and then fuck it. And yeah. that really annoys me. So I like that we've just had a villain that's just a massive twat. Yeah. It's like, there's no, a bit definitely. where, um, what is it, Starro, one of the Starro zombies said, oh, he had his way with me. And there's like a reaction shot of um, the thinker and she goes, well, you know. Like, he just sort of shrugs yeah, and just, smirks just... a bit, like, well, you know, can you blame me? Jesus. Yes, I can. Yeah, what the it's, fuck? It's, it's, the, it, I, I, it, it's nice to have a villain that's such a bell end. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and it, it makes sense because of his, like, uh, massive intellect and the light bulbs coming out of his fucking head or whatever. Yeah, that was um, weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, you know, he he does just come across like an in- incredible dick, you know, Um and he, you know, he's what he's a mixture between Rick Sanchez and mm. like the the Doctor. That's what the Doctor could have been, Lewis. Under, Indeed. under if Doctor Who was under my control, I would have made him. <laughs> I would have made him this really weird inventor that fucked aliens. When you know, <laughs> no. Good show, Dan. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I'd make the doctor say fuck. That would be my first. Fuck! That'd be the first thing he'd say in his new regeneration. Uh, if I was showrunner, is the doctor would say fuck. Yeah, he would. He would come out the TARDIS, see the big dinosaur in London. He'd be like, "Fuck, it's a dinosaur!" <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, um, I like that. Uh, the thinker when they grab him in the nightclub or the what is it? It's a gentleman's club, isn't it? Uh, yeah. When they grab him, he doesn't protest. He doesn't put up a fight because, of course, you wouldn't. He's, he's, no. I don't know how old Peter Capaldi is, but they sort of, like, he's been working in an underground lab for 30 years on some obscure black ops horrible thing. So he's not, he's not in a fit state to, like, start having a fist fight with John Cena. Yeah, Do you know definitely. what I mean? I, I like that he sort of looks around and goes, well, I'm not going to have a fist fight with any of you. I'm not, there's no point. There's no point in me doing that. So I'll just, um, Looks like I'll just come with you then. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, just willing to go along with it, because of course he is. I completely agree. Um, I really think that Amanda Waller is a great villain. Um, I disagree. Oh, go on. Uh, Viola Davis is a very skilled actor, and Amanda Waller is dull. I, I just, I, I find nothing interesting about Amanda Waller. She's just a person that does things. I, I, I just don't get it. Maybe wow. it's me not quite reading the, enough into the character, but I feel like I just don't get it. Like, is she meant to be, like, a morally grey person? Is that what it's meant to be? Is she meant to be sort of, um... What's what I'm looking for now? Is she meant to be interesting? Because I don't find her that interesting. She's just kind of does stuff, like I say. I, I think that she's a great sort of, um... personification of American imperialism. Um, yeah, I suppose so. And I, I, I think I actually think that she was a better villain in the first film. 
because okay. in the first film she wasn't afraid to get like get her hands dirty and just let let people who knew too much she just absolutely just killed a room of people and yet in this one mm. she was fucking knocked out by a golf club let um <laughs> you know it was a bit weird um I really, mm, I really. Let's go on. Sorry. I thought that Amanda should have been the main villain and not Starro, and Starro could have been like this misinterpreted thing and like misunderstood. Which they kind of tried for, but didn't quite nail it because it's um. I was happy floating through space, but yeah, well, but then why I'm... did you want to conquer a city? Yeah, uh, the the two con- goals don't yeah. really conflate. No, I completely agree. Um, I. <sighs> I kind of this is this is how I would have done it if I was like writing the thing. I would have had them go there, and I, I I like that they team up with the freedom fighters and stuff like that, and they overthrow the 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 government. But I like mm. the idea that the the government is actually good, and it's because of like U.S. forces that that are that are making them do this, and then basically the Suicide Squad find this out, and them, Starro, and like, the Corto Maltesians just team up against Amanda Waller, and that's who they fight at the end, hmm. and Amanda Waller is like, found out to be like this, like, sort of, uh, she's broken like, international law or something like that, and is like, arrested and sent to jail or, or killed or something like that. Like, that's, I think that's a better way, because what, it, what, what it's essentially saying is, yeah, we were right to sort of kidnap this alien thing, and try and use it, and because it's broken out, it'll just destroy the entire um, planet, rather than, no, we did this because we wanted to control it, and now we can't control it, and it doesn't just want to kill innocent people for no reason, you know, and it wants to get revenge on the people that kidnapped it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that that's a good point, actually, because it does want to kill innocent people for no reason. <sighs> I, I do get what you mean. I think it, it's easy to argue either way, I think, is, is the problem. Because Starro, essentially, is just some alien that still, even after 30 years, doesn't really understand what life is on the planet. Yeah, so definitely. It's like um, if you were abducted by some ants that were inexplicably as powerful as you, and then they put you in a hole for 30 years, you would probably, eventually, if you got free, would you not stamp on the ant hill? Do you know what I mean? I don't... Yeah. It, 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 I, I do see the point you make, and I do agree with you. It would be a better film for Starro to sort of learn what what the nature of, of his imprisonment, or his, its imprisonment was, and to sort of go from there and to say, okay, well, if I've been imprisoned so horrifically, then who did this to me? Rather yeah. than just taking it out on the most nearby thing. Yeah, destroying the lab, but I suppose he already did that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a hole that you're going to struggle to write yourself out of, I think. Yeah. I mean, why did why did um why did they not take over the suicide squad's minds? Like um because they shot the little starfishes, I suppose. Yeah, but how many are there? Isn't there like, loads? That's a good point. There should be infinite starfishes. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, I mean, and then he just sort of walks away and leaves them. It's like, yeah, they're aren't they they're the only things that have stood in your way thus far. Wouldn't it make sense to take them out before you try and attack a city of innocent people? You know, it's like just alien bad. And instead of being selfish, they have to save the world. It's like, So what was what was the US's contribution to this if, if they hadn't stopped um, them? 
If they hadn't stopped Starro. If if the Suicide Squad hadn't stopped Starro, what would what yeah. would Waller have done then? What is the point uh, of the Suicide Squad? She would have walked squad? away, I imagine. And just let Corto Maltese just be destroyed. Deal then... with it, yeah. But then because she doesn't care. It would inevitably the turn. Waller's gone. Sorry, it would inevitably turn on the US, surely, because it's like you kidnapped me. I'll kill you. Let. <laughs> That's a, that's a flawless impression of Star of the Conqueror. Um, mm, I suppose um, what what Waller is relying on, I suppose, because she sort of says, well, as long as there's no evidence that the US kidnapped it, it's a he said, she said situation of like, well, this big starfish is saying that we did horrific things to it. Well, who knows? Who knows, really, at the end of the day? It's a big starfish from space. Who knows what's going on? I mean, to be fair, Peter Capaldi did shout very loudly, it was US astronauts! That kidnapped this creature like that, and yeah. Starro's like listening. Like what? What the fuck? <laughs> I suppose Starro might not understand that. If it's just sort of a, if it's like a hive mind type creature, it might not understand the concept of a nation. It, we don't know what its origin is. Did it come from a planet of nations, and then it eventually it jettisoned itself out to the stars? Yeah. There's a. F- I'm. I'm. I'm giving a lot of slack to 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 the script and this and the film now but there's a chance i suppose that it just doesn't understand Maybe. um like a nation as a concept but i'm going to be honest like if you if if an alien is called starro the conqueror i doubt it's going to conquer one island and then just become an isolationist sort of that's true st- yeah you know it's, it's i think its purpose is to conquer you know um i don't know but Peter Capaldi gave it that name, so who knows? Maybe it's like, I just want a city for myself, and then it'll just stay mm. there. Mm. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe it thinks there's a rocket ship in the city that'll yeet it back up into space? God knows. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, this is one of my notes. Um, fucking hell, John Cena is massive. It's yeah. like, um, it just it always astounds me. What The one that gets me is when you want to rewatch Terminator... Arnold Schwarzenegger teleports in from the future, and he's fucking massive. Yeah, he's really—it's just fucking gigantic. It's like every time I watch one of these films, I'm genuinely like awestruck for a second, and just like fucking hell, isn't that insane? Um, so I just wanted to share that moment of awe with everybody. No, de- definitely. I'm actually kind of like in awe of like how far they went to like make America the bad guy in this. Okay. Like, because you've got Peacemaker, who is, like, just, like, if, if, like, every angry veteran of the United States was, like, put into, like, one brain and, like, sort of sent out, that's what, that's what it would be. And that's the sort of person that would emerge. I guess so. But I would say that a lot of, a lot of veterans are angry at the U.S. Army. They're typically not angry, like, uh at the people they were fighting against. F- f- fair enough. But like, you, you know the sort of, you know the type that I'm talking about, just the f- the fervently nationalist sort of mm-hmm. um, warmongering. I would do anything for this country, but I won't wear a mask type. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, I love peace. I don't care how many men, women and children I have to kill to get it. Just that sort of incredibly imperialist US foreign policy kind of mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... And he is like, I'm serving my country. I can't let you tell everyone about how they were essentially arseholes. And 
you know, I, I'm glad that they gave Rick Flag a bit of a a bit of um, what do you call it? Uh, integrity. It's like mm. I did this to serve my country, not be its damn puppet, and tried to like, actually, you know, hold his re- his regime accountable for the shit that they did. Um, and just I, I just want that normalized. I want the U.S. government to be the villain of of films to be normalized. Because yeah, has, I completely agree. It's just fucking. It's it's always like, um, yeah. And then the U.S. comes and saves the day. Yeah, the U.S. Yeah. comes and defeats the evil, um, terrorists and stuff. It's just it's very sort of. We've had a lot of like a pro-American war hawkish propaganda for a lot of years. And yeah. I think I think you know. You know that that they're. They're an incredibly powerful nation, and the least that they could do is have a couple of films that say, "Yeah, you do bad shit." Um, I guess is what I, what I'm aiming for. Um, no, I I completely understand and agree. Um, so would a toothpick in the mouth be a viable solution for for the for Star of the Conqueror? Uh yeah, like that's... that episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I. Um... I I like that they had the javelin that that Harley Quinn had the javelin and she was like, "Oh, now I know." Um, that's just a a, a funny thing. I mean, she didn't even look real. That wasn't really the reason it died. Mm. It was the hundreds of rats that were eating it. You know, <laughs> she just sort of jump into this eye swimming pool and let everything was like, "Wow, look at that! Wow!" And the rats sort of ate through him. Um, Maybe that would have been a bit of a a bit of a better arc for Harley Quinn if the rats couldn't get into the eye, but she sort of skewered it with her uh, javelin, allowing them to enter. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really like Ratcatcher too. Mm? I think yep. they're. I, I think, like her. She was good. Yeah, she's a really good character. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame that. And that's actually something I wrote here. This is actually so heartfelt. The Ratcatcher stuff. Love yeah. a good parent-child arc. It's like a really nice. Because it's, it's quite understated, really. It doesn't play a big, big role in the narrative, but it's nice. Yeah. And it's could... it's strange to have such a nice story in amongst all these horrible stories of, like, how um, Polka Dot Man's mum abused him and all this horrible stuff. And, yeah. You, know I mean? you can really see the sort, of, uh, the sort of influence of Guardians of the Galaxy in this film. Yeah. Like, it's it's got the same sort of music. Uh, the characters are written sort of quirkily the same and all that. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit more adultish i guess um, mm, mm. i mean but when i went to see it in the cinema there was children in there and i was like what the fuck are you doing bringing your kids to see this shit show yeah it's very gory for a kid yeah very Isn't, much so. is this a 15 this film what is it i don't know if it was a 15 um was it look i don't know i'm, I'm I, I i don't know tell me lewis suicide squad uk uh age rating uh, it is... No, that's the one from 2016, for fuck's sake. Um, 15 age ratings. 15. Oh, 15. Well, sh- I think it should be an 18. But, um, Most things aren't an 18, though. Like, especially in the UK. Like, Deadpool was, um, was a 15, and that has, like, fairly graphic sex, extremely graphic violence, yeah. lots of bad language. Yeah, true. It's very rare for a film to come out that's an 18 nowadays. I agree. Um, I don't want to sound like a sort of pearl-clutching conservative, but five-year-olds shouldn't be watching this film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah, I I know what you mean. It's um, 
Yeah, uh, this this film obviously has content that at is least not, not suitable po- for kids. It's it, not suitable for different people. Yeah, at least not in like a sort of cinema. Like maybe if, mm, if, mm, you're, if you're if you're brave and you want to try and explain to your kid about certain things and want to in- indoctrinate them into leftism, then you know show them. <laughs> show- the U.S. is bad. Um, <laughs> And what do we call that, little Stevie? Yes, the military-industrial complex. That's right. <laughs> Here's a cookie. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm. uh, I, I put this could note the in. Little... Go on, sorry. No, 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 on you go. Uh, could the little starros become a big starro with time? Will they age and grow to be the size that the big starro was? Because 30 years prior to the events of this film, the starro that they captured was sort of the size of a human slightly smaller than the size of a human yeah. and then the starro that came out of the castle was fucking massive so could they little starros grow into a big starro who knows potentially i guess i mean but it looks as if like, they feed off of the the host if you get me oh okay yeah um can starro fly um i don't ima- i don't know maybe because it Why? looked as because it, it looked as if the little starros could fly and sort of mm, direct where they point. were following if you know what I mean, um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they're light enough, or or, or sort of um, they have a, a large enough sort of surface area that they can sort of glide, like like one of those squirrels. Yeah. Because like it's like they're being dropped out of a big hole that's like a hundred meters up in the air or something. Maybe all they have to really be able to do is to sort of glide towards a person's face. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Um, I put this note in because I saw an advert for it before the the film started. Um. Mm-hmm. Should James Corden just go on Broadway? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> because what, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm just I, I'm just seeing James Corden in a lot of singing stuff now, and okay. it's really Is he annoying good at singing? me. I mean, he's okay, but look, he's 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 not a very good talk show host, <laughs> and apparently he's a dick um, to mm. work with, and he's just in every. Like, he was in Cats. And there can't be a musical film without his face popping up in it. He was in Trolls, wasn't he? He played um, one of the guys in Trolls. I'm sick of seeing his face. Yeah, I don't like James Corden very much. But I just see every time I see him, I just let I want to chop my ears off and scrunch them up into nose plugs. Like I'm just right. I'm at that point now, and I'm like, oh, that looks like good music. Oh, fuck off, James Corden's in it. Like it's just. It's like, I don't know, it's... He, it's have like, we seen that him, who was it, it was him, Camilla, I, don't, I never know whether it's Camilla Cabello or Cabello or... I think it's Cabello. Uh, Cabello, Camilla Cabello and Idina Menzel, they stopped traffic in LA. LA. Um, I think they were promoting the new Cinderella movie that's coming out. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. dressed up and they were that's like a flash mob, yeah. He was in that and I was like, why is he in this? Why is he in every I, film? I have literally no idea. People seem to really like him. People seem to think he's charismatic and charming and funny and interesting. Why? And I I just don't find him to be any of those things. Why? He's not. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he wrote Gavin and Stacey, which was good. But other than that, he's like, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, James. If you're listening to this, see if we see if we let make make it one day in terms of like, acting, and we let you know, and then he invites us on his dog shit chat show. 
Like, no. I, I, I can't tell whether I'm going to stick to my guns and say, James, I really think that you're a worthless entertainer. Or am I going to be like, James, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Ha <laughs> um, ha. Um, I think I just wouldn't go on it. It's like how um, Ewan, I think it was Ewan McGregor was going to go on Good Morning Britain a while ago. And um, oh. then he discovered that that particular day that he was going to go on, Piers Morgan would have been hosting. So he, I think he said, no, if Piers Morgan's doing well, it, I'm not doing it. Well, so I don't think he's as bad as Piers Morgan. Um, no, very no. few people in the world are as bad as Piers Morgan. Yeah. But um, Piers I Morgan, certainly wouldn't do an interview with Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would. <laughs> really? I'd, I'd do an interview with him. Like, I mean, it depends what he wanted to talk about, obviously. If, okay. if I'd done something that he disagreed with, and he wanted to talk to me about it, I think I'd go and I'd, I'd defend myself and I'd be like, give my showing up. Like that um, MP, Scottish MP, uh, Ross something, um, said about Winston Churchill being a white supremacist. Mm. And Piers Morgan put on his uh, his Britannia t-shirt and started puffing his chest up and saying that, you know, and R- Ross Gray was like, uh, yeah, well, he did some pretty bad things and, you know, engineered the the Bengal famine and stuff like that and Piers Morgan was mm. like Winston Churchill like you just like <laughs> he was mm. acting like a sort of a ring girl for Winston Churchill you know it was weird um but I think I would. no I know I I, I don't I, I just can't stand him I think I wouldn't that's why I, I'm I would not go. I'm not in the business of deliberately putting myself in situations that I know I would hate do you know what I mean that's so I, I, I that's why I would go I'd love it I'd be like Fucking yeah. It's like a weird sort of masochistic way of like, yeah. I hate this and that's why I love it. Yep, yep. I mean, I think the difference between Piers Morgan and James Corden is that Piers Morgan does measurable harm to the world, whereas <laughs> James Corden is just insufferable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's accurate. You know, um, but there you go. Um, um, I think I'm at a notes, Dan. I think we both are, considering we're now talking about James Corden and Piers Morgan. Um, but there you go. Uh, do you have a closing statement? Um, I do have a closing statement. Much better than I expected it to be. I expected it to be mediocre and sort of potentially a bit crap. It was actually pretty good. Um, I I don't want to say I want a sequel, because I don't, really. Yeah. Um, but if I, I would like to imagine that DC will take this as a sign that perhaps they should be more creative with the movies they make. Although, of course, they will not be. They will continue to shit the bed as much as they can with every single film they make. Um, So that'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A very refreshing film in a line of flops. I'm really grateful that this film exists, as it seems DC was desperate for a win, and they definitely got it here. We've got Batman coming out, another Batman coming out, um, so maybe things can turn around at last for DC. Um, I'm not entirely sure if Batman's going to be good. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. What with Robert I Pattinson? Think, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've seen the trailer. Robert Pattinson looks good. All the bits and bobs in the trailer look good. I know Paul Dano's good, but I just there's something. I've got this weird feeling in my gut that it's going to be like, oh no, the Riddler is actually Batman's brother, or um, Batman has to break his one rule, and it's a really tense moment, but it won't be earned because we've only known this Batman for two hours. And I don't know. I've got this funny feeling that it won't be as good as I want it to be. Yeah. I Maybe don't... this way I'm just protecting myself because I'll either be right or pleasantly surprised. Yeah, true. So <laughs> so that's that's my Pas- my my method. It's Pascal's wager. Um No. <laughs> no. Um But yeah, that was uh, the Suicide Squad. It was. The 
Suicide Squad. Um, should we do some shilling? Yeah, go on then. Some evil capitalist shilling. Um, <laughs> Darius says Harley Quinn actually states the relationship with the Joker was unhealthy. I mean, no fucking shit, Harley. Jesus Christ. Come yeah, on now. Yeah. Uh, I, I do, I, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that because there was a frankly petrifying number of people when the first film came out that were like, oh, the Joker and Harley Quinn, what a beautiful relationship. No, I, I ship it's them, terrifying. I ship them so much. What? Do you need, <laughs> can someone section this person under the Mental Health Act? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's really, like, the amount of people that were saying shit like that, it's so weird. It, it's so gross. People mm-hmm. were like, oh my god, I'd love a relationship like that. I'd be like, I really hope, I pray that you never end up in a relationship half as bad as that one. It's like mm-hmm. this weird idealism of just toxicity. It's everywhere. It's in Love Island. It's in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's in Piers Morgan. It's in James Corden. Oh, fucking hell. We're fucked, Lewis. We're fucked. We're never going to solve climate change at this rate. Um... <laughs> Wheel of Link Trees. Uh, Lewis's Link Tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Instagram, our YouTube. So go have a look. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe, click the bell, all that shite. And uh, yeah, see what you like. Um, Indeed. We have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly um, appreciated. We also have Patreon. And we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Doogie. Thank you, one and all. You and your support enables us to keep talking about films that are pretty good and remind you of films that are pretty terrible. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um... Hey, Dan, do you remember that Suicide Squad film from 2016? Oh, that was terrible. That was shit. Did we ever do an episode on that? No, I don't think we did, you know. Maybe we should. Yeah, maybe we should. One day. It's on the list. I mean, we've we've basically said as much as we can about it because we don't stop talking about it. Um, We also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell tote bags, jumpers, T-shirts, mugs, stickers... Have I mentioned tote bags? All sorts of stuff. Go have a look. Badges, maybe. Badges, maybe. I'll need to check. Onion badges. Darius thinks we have done an episode on on Suicide Squad. Shall I check? I don't think we have. I don't... um, I honestly... Oh, for fuck's sake. I honestly don't know. Carry on, I'll I'll Google it. I think we did Batman v Superman, but I don't think we did... We did, yeah. I don't think we did the Ultimate Edition. Oh, I can't fucking remember. Um, Media Library, will it be there? My podcast? It might be. It'll be on YouTube, won't it? Oh, yeah, good point. Um... Here we go. Um, Suicide Squad. Nope. No, we haven't. Episode 51, Suicide Squad. God, there's 87 episodes in here. Um, I don't think so, no. Did we do Batman v Superman? I haven't seen Batman. Oh, we did, we did. We did. It's Void 22. (gasps) Oh. For for what? Sorry, Suicide Squad. Yeah, and then we did uh, Batman v Superman. The you, more you know. Oh, uh, do you remember back then, Lewis, when our audio was shit? Um, <laughs> was? 
<laughs> um, but yeah, where was I? Uh, yeah, so that's the merch. And uh, last, but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue. And Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which they crochet and they're very, very good at it. If you'd like to be up to date with all sorts of bits and bobs that are absolutely amazing and are to do with the world of crochet, then you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on uh, Instagram and you can check out what they're doing, give them a cheeky follow and, and keep up to date. Absolutely. Darius has just said I can't listen to earlier episodes of the podcast. <laughs> Neither can I, Darius. Neither can I. I've actually considered just being like recording them all again, like by myself, but doing your voiceless, just to, <laughs> just to have a better audio quality. Up, to, it's I can't remember where the cutoff point is where I finally realised that I was felt I was recording in stereo instead of mono. I think I honestly it, can't remember either because we made a number of incremental changes that have resulted in vaguely acceptable audio quality. I think it might have been the babysitter. Was it? Maybe. I, oh, I don't remember. remember. Man, that was a good movie. I enjoyed the babysitting. No, it's not that. The fuck was that? <laughs> it's not. It's not the thing either. Uh, yeah, it's the holiday. It's the, it's the holiday void thirty-three. Nice. Go on, let's carry on with the shilling. I think we're done. Oh, are we? Oh, lovely. Oh, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, shall I spin the wheel to tell us about what we're going to be doing next? Yeah, spin the wheel. Yeah, go on. Woo! The Iron Lady. <gasps> yeah. Um... Wonder if it's anything like Iron Man. Yeah, just <laughs> Margaret Thatcher showing up in a fucking uh, dustbin, flying about, <laughs> stealing people's milk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, we well, we watched it when when uh, I was at Lewis's, and mm-hmm. it was it was pretty interesting. Meryl Streep gives an amazing performance, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into my notes because otherwise we won't have anything to talk about next week. But um. No. Yes, so there's something to look forward to there. We're getting ever closer to Void 90, and we've got some exciting stuff for that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, But other than that, I think we'll have to love you and leave you. Um, Indeed. Thank you very much for listening. Um, We will see you next week, and goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.